say, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to invite you to, before you, or, or while you sit down, I'm going to invite you to stretch your arm and put your arm around somebody, just right there where you are, put your arm around somebody, and if you have a lot of confidence in them, just give them a kiss, just give them a kiss in the head, just give them a kiss in the head right there, boom, boom. I understand that some of you were sitting beside your crush, and the minute I said that, you were, the miracle has been done. And others of you were sitting beside your crush, and when I said that, I, you said, God, why? <laughs> I know you said in John 16 that we were all going through tribulations, but why this person? Nah, I'm just kidding, church. I'm so happy to see you guys here. I'm so happy you guys are happy. I love coming into the house of God and seeing people happy. How many of you enjoyed that awesome worship? Maroon. Maroon, man. Give it up for God. I feel our worship team keeps getting better and better and better. They keep getting better because every time that they sing, the crowd starts singing with them. And I see how you guys have moved from level one to level two. And we have people that truly worship God in spirit and in truth. Ba-boom. Ba-boom. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. I have no idea. Listen, going into series, I have no idea what it, it was. Listen to me. I have no freaking idea what it was. But whatever it was, it must have been amazing. Okay. It must have been incredible. Incredible. Increíble. That wasn't in tongues. That was in Spanish. It must have been amazing. Whatever it was, it must have been great. You know, great, I will look up for the definition. The definition is being such in an extreme or notable degree. It's greatness. You can't contain it. Today we're going to speak about greatness. And you can't contain greatness. You can't contain greatness. Say with me, I can't contain Come on, I'm going to preach, church. Come on, Young United. I can't contain contain greatness. I don't know what it was, but it must have been amazing. I'm going to show you guys a person that could have not contained greatness. Areli, roll the clip. Okay, you don't have to insist. Arelis, roll the clip again. people I want to see it again. For those of you that, but this is what we're, what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put it again, but whenever he gets excited, I want you to get excited, okay? Now, please don't do that, okay? We're in church. You do that, expect thunder. Expect it, okay? We're going to do it one more time, and then whenever it hits, I want you to get so pumped. I want you to get up. I want you to dance. I want you to yell. I want you to, I want you to get pumped, because whatever it is that he saw, it was greatness, and you can't contain greatness, all right? All right? At least... Roll the clip again. Come on, everybody. Today we're going to talk about greatness, church. Say with me, greatness. 
We're going to talk about greatness, and if we're going to talk about greatness, we got to talk about a great dude. I was thinking, God, who do you want me to speak about? It's got to be something awesome, and I chose King Saul to talk about because King Saul was pretty awesome. Now, I know what y'all are saying. If you know Bible, King Saul was a freak. He was a freak at the end of his life. He became a psycho, but at the beginning of his life, he was cute. He was awesome. If you don't like King Saul, why do you see yourself in the mirror? You were cute. No, you're not. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. King Saul was amazing. He had an, an awesome start. But then he turned weirdo and psycho. Some of you can relate to that. Others of you can't. That's okay. Because whenever he, he was the first person ever to be elected king of the people of God. That's a big deal. That's like saying George Washington, but in the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> Christian world. He's the George Washington. This guy is crazy. He was handsome. That was something. That was another awesome thing of him. He had good skills in different stuff. He would do different stuff, and he was good at it. He was great in the beginning of his life. And so that's why we're going to go into a chapter that where he was still great, where he wasn't a psycho. Okay, we're going to go, and we're going to read a little bit of a story. Now, you guys might have heard this before because we went through this story a couple months ago. But I want you guys to come with me to 1 Samuel chapter 11, okay? Now, today is going to be just you and me. It's going to be in a story. It's going to be really short. So we're not going to put it on screen. We're not going to do presentations. I just want you to stick with me, okay? I want you to, to, to look at me straight in the eyes and stay with me, all right? 1 Samuel chapter 11, what happens is that there's this guy, the Ammonites, and they grab Jabesh. They grab this little, this little town. They grab them. You see that in verse 1. And then when you see that in verse 1, Jabesh and his people go up to the Ammonites and they go, make a treaty with us and we will serve you. Okay? Now, the people of Jabesh are freaking out. They got caught by somebody else, by the Ammonites. The Ammonites, they were crazy, like straight up crazy. When you read about the stuff that they did, it's incredible. And they got caught by them. They're freaking out. They're scared. They're in a point in their lives that they don't know what to do. And so they go up to the Ammonites. They go up to the enemy. Hey, they go up to the enemy, and they say, make a treaty with us, and we will serve you. And then the Ammonites looked at them, and the Ammonites were like, okay, we're going to make a treaty. He got all Shark Tank right here. The Ammonites got all business. He's like, we're going to make a, a treaty on one contingency, on this condition. I will make a treaty with you that I gouge out all your right eyes. And thus bring disgrace on all of Israel. So look at how sick they are. They go like, okay, you want, you want to stay alive? Don't worry. We'll make a treaty. You serve me, but you got to let me take out your eye. Because not only enough that I'm serving you, I got to take out all of your right eyes, bringing disgrace to the people of Israel. So they start freaking out. But like any sane person, like any sane person, they say, you know what? Give, give us seven days. If you read in verse 3, he says, give us seven days days to make up a decision on whether or not we're going to let you take off our eyes and after you take us our eyes and you left us you leave us half blind we're going to we're going to worship you we're going to serve you we're going to be your slaves look at that this world people this world is messed up now you hear me say that a lot because i really do believe that this world it is freaking messed up how many of you agree with me come on get into me help me preach help me preach okay I want to be the Latino Bishop T.D. Jakes, okay? Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This world is messed up. Yeah, there we go, there we go. I'm the Latino Bishop T.D. Jakes, so I want to be. This world is messed up. And that is typical of humans to do what the people of God actually did with the Ammonites. We make stupid decisions. Humans, you and me, we make stupid decisions. We get caught up with what's messed up. Listen. We sometimes get caught up. We relate. We hug. We live. We, we are raised among what's messed up. And we live around what is messed up, which is the world. 
Look at what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Okay, you've heard this a thousand times. This is the, the thing that people scream out in suits and the streets and everything. I want you to read it with me with a different perspective. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. The Bible says, do not love the world. Do not love what? Do not love what? Or the things in the world. Not only the world, but the things in the world don't love them either. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, all that is in the world, just a couple things, right? We got what? All that is in the world. The desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride and possessions is not from the Father, but it's from the world. It ain't from God, so it ain't great. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, it ain't from God, so it ain't great. Everything that's good in this world, everything that's good in your life, Pastor was speaking about that comes from heaven. If it ain't good, if it ain't great, it ain't from God because God only does excellence. He only gives excellence. Now, I'm not here to debate that with you. I'm here to tell you that if it ain't great, it ain't from God. It ain't from God. And the world, look at verse 17, and the world is passing. Listen, passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. The world is in a self-destruct mode. It's going down for real. The world is going down for real. It's in self-destruct mode. Everything that the world does, the only thing that it ever achieves is to mess us up. From generation to generation to generation, we have made our lives much tougher. We have made our lives much more confused. We have gotten in a position where life, it is as messed up as it could ever be in the history because we allow the world to teach us things and we embrace those things. But everything that's in the world, the Bible says that it's passing away. So everything that happens to us that is messed up is because we allowed generations, we allowed this society to infiltrate into our lifestyle and to infiltrate into what we learn from. Nature, I'm going I'm to give you a couple examples. No, no, I don't want nobody to get upset. Nature says that a man should be with a woman. Now, I'm not here criticizing homosexuals. If you're here, stick, okay? Wait, wait, um, let me finish my sermon. Nature does not provide for a man to be with a man, to a man to be with a woman. But what we do is that we allow society to make it fashionable and to make it pretty so that it is acceptable being gay. And as we go, all that it creates is more confusion. It wasn't hard enough to pick the right girl. Now it could be a guy too. <laughs> so you had 50 to choose from. Now you have 100 because you allowed society to pick. I'm not bashing on homosexuality. I'm just telling you, you have a tough job to find the right person to really believe in what you believe. It's 100 people, dude. Nature, society said, let's get a king. Let's put all of our trust in a king, in King Saul. Let's give him everything. And all it does is that it messes up. Instead of following the voice of God, the all-perfect God who knows everything, we decide to follow an unperfect man who is, doesn't know everything. And all it does is mess us up. We allow dating in society, different than what it was in the Old Testament, different than what it, it was intended. We decided that we wanted to change it. And now you don't get married when you're young. Now you get married when you're old. Now you don't have to get married. You can wait as long as you want, creating more fornication day after day after day after day after day. Because if you're getting married at when you're 19, everybody's going to criticize you. Society's going to criticize you. It's messed up. That's messed up. Thinking, no, so it's not messed up. Every time that you allow society to take over your lifestyle, to take over what God had commanded and what God had established from the beginning, we keep going down and down and down and down and down. And that is how I know that our world is in self-destruct mode. We allow society to make things cool that shouldn't be cool. 
We allow society to make abuse of alcohol cool when it shouldn't be cool because it keeps killing people. Keep allowing society to infiltrate you. I'm not criticizing the world. I'm not criticizing society. I'm just telling you, it's going down, brother. Straight up. Whether you like it or not. Some of you were like, doo, 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 doo. that was it, right? That was it. The world is going down. There are, and listen to me, listen to the saddest part of it all. Listen to the craziest part of it all. That there are people, listen, there are children about to make deals with the world and relating with the world with darkness and they will get lost. There are people outside these doors, outside these four walls that are about to make a deal with the world that are about to say, okay, I'll change how I'm supposed to be for who you want me to be. And they're going down and they're going to get lost. There are little girls who are about to make decisions that they're going to change and they're going to go all crazy and rebel and it's going to mess up their lives. There are men here that are going to allow the world to tell you to cheat on your wife because your wife's not good enough and it's going to mess up your life. There are people that are about to make a deal with the world that will mess up their life and they were going to go into darkness without light and they will get lost. Listen to what I'm saying, church, because this, this message is so important. Somebody's going to get lost. Somebody's going to get lost. Look at the person next to you be like, are you about to make a deal? Are you about to make a deal? Because the people here, they, they're about to make a deal. They were going to make a treaty and lose their eyes just because they wanted to live, just because they wanted to fit in, just because they wanted to stay. They were going to make the biggest, the, the biggest mistake in their lives. And when you go back to 1 Samuel chapter 11, verse 4, you keep on going in the story. When the messengers, they came to Saul, they reported the matter in the ears of the people, and all the people wept out loud. The messengers go over there. They see what's happening. They see that they're about to make a deal and say, lose their eyes. They come back, and they start telling the people, hey, they're going to lose their eyes. They're going to lose their eyes. And everybody starts yelling and screaming and weeping, crying, tearing off their clothes. They go into a depression, weeping out loud. Are you crying? Are you complaining? Are you bragging? About the fact that you live your perfect little life. Listen, I'm talking to Christians and ain't nobody going to like this message. Are you crying about what's, happened out there, what's happening out there in the world? Are you complaining about oh, all these young girls of nowadays, they always go into fornication. Are you complaining? Are you crying? Are you laying down, oh my gosh, so many homosexuals in this world, so many killers. Stop the killing, stop the blood. Are you complete? What are you doing? When things matter, listen to me. Listen to me. When things matter, you do something about it. When something really matters, when something really is worth it, you do something about it. Oh, there are people that couldn't hear that because there are people that are about to make a decision to divorce your wife. There are people that are about to decision to go back into the addiction that lose their marriage, lose their finances, lose their kids to the world. There are people that are about to let go. But let me tell you, when things matter in life, when God gives you something in life and it truly matters, you do something about it, you don't sit still. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't go telling around how the world is so messed up. Don't go to people and be like, oh my gosh, people are being homosexual oh my gosh people are killing oh my gosh people are doing this and then sit down and not do anything about it because that pisses me off that is hypocrisy at its highest level if you're not willing to go and do something about it then it doesn't matter to you so shut your pie hole trying to make it funny for you guys are you gonna do something about it does it matter does it truly legitimately matter then get up and do something about it don't start crying and there comes Saul, great, awesome Saul, before he went psycho. 
Now behold, saw when somebody when so, when, a, when something starts with that, it's about to be intense. Now behold. And Saul said, what is wrong with the people that they are weeping? Why is the people crying? Look, 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 look. Saul comes with his ark sword, with his blue jacket, and grabs the microphone and says, what is wrong with the people that they are crying? What is wrong with the people that they are weeping? So they told him what was happening. They told him the news. They told him that the world came. They told him that he needed to do something about it. They told him that we need to do a ministry for this. They told him that we need to do something for this, that we need to do something for that. And they kept crying and weeping and weeping. And look at this. Look at this. And the Spirit of God rushed upon Saul when he heard these words. And this anger, and his anger was greatly kindled. When he hears that the people are weeping... When he hears that the people are crying, crying about what's happening out there in the world, the Spirit of God rushes upon him and his anger goes to the roof. I am here talking to you and my anger is through the roof. I am upset. I am mad. You don't want to stand beside me and tell me about the problems that are going around in the world because the Spirit of God has rushed upon me in the last couple of days, in the last couple of minutes, in the last couple of hours when then I was in my office laying down, praying and thinking about this message. And as soon as God gave it to me, I didn't even finish the outline. I shut down the, the iPad. I threw it to the side and I came, I came walking like Bigfoot all through those walls. And I opened those doors and I told the team, hey, we're going to do something about this. There's going to be people that are going to stand up and are going to do something about what's happening out there in the world. We're not going to stay quiet and we're not going to keep on complaining and whining. Somebody's got to do something about it. And I am upset that there are Christians, that there are people sitting in these chairs knowing that out there, there are people that are dying, that are about to make a horrible decision and they don't dare do nothing about it. Pastor gave a story today that was amazing. He wrote, it could be in a book. He gave a story today on how there was this, this, this woman, and, and, and she had a son that was named John, and then this John, and then there was another lady that had a son that was named Mary. And so they get into a plane together, and then they crash. And when they crash, the, the, the mom of little John starts looking for little John and can't find little John. I'm not doing justice to the story, I know, but we're going to go real quick through this because I want you to, it's so awesome. He goes, and all of a sudden when they crash, the mom hears the yelling, and then the mom of little John starts looking for little John and can't find little John. And then there over here is the mom of little Mary that when the plane goes down, the mom of little Mary, they can't find it. She's lost. They, can't, they, they, don't know who, they don't know where it is. And so little Mary starts crying and crying and crying. And then here's the mom of little John, and she can't find little John, but she sees little Mary. So she sticks with little Mary, and she's with little Mary for a while. But then after a while, the mom found a candle. And when she found this candle, little Mary was afraid of the dark. And instead of lighting up the, 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 the candle and going with little Mary and allowing her to see what's around her, allowing her to understand what's around her and sharing her light with little Mary, the mom decided that she didn't want to do that. She decided to hide the candle from little Mary. The next day, when the mom wakes up, the mom of little John wakes up. She can't find little John. When she looks to the side, everybody's looking out to the ocean. And then she goes up to everybody. She's like, is, is there help? Did help come? She's like, no, there's a little girl called Mary. She was so afraid of the dark, nobody helped her. She just started running. She landed in the ocean, and she drowned, and she's dead. And little Mary's body was laying on the sand, and there was the mom with her candle saving her, being her light. 
Now, when you hear that story, you think that that's messed up. How can she? And I didn't mean justice here. You're here from Pastor Carlos. All you do, crying. I didn't mean to do justice to her story. But you think that's messed up, that she wouldn't, she wouldn't, she wouldn't share her little candle with little Mary. It wasn't going to hurt her to share the little candle with little Mary when little Mary was going through a hard time and was about to make a decision, was about to make a deal with the world, was about to start running without knowing where she was going to go and she was going to die. But the mom decided not to share the light with little Mary. And when you hear that, everybody goes, oh, yeah, mom of little John, she sucks, you suck. And everybody starts spitting on her and kicking her because of what she did. But then you sit down here knowing that there are people out there in the world who are lost, about to make a decision just like little Mary and run into the water and drown and die. And you decide to keep the light for yourself. Christians out there got to start doing something before it's too late. Saul fills, gets filled with, ang- with anger. And what does he do? The Bible says he gets filled with anger. He took a yoke of oxen. He took two huge, 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 huge and the pieces. When he heard that the Christians were weeping and nobody was doing nothing about it, he got angry. He was like, nobody's doing nothing about it. We're going to do something about it. And he grabbed two animals and thus, thus, he killed the two animals. He tore them into pieces and he sends them. The Bible says that sends them to all the tribes and all the people and told the people, if by tomorrow you're not here ready to fight with me, I'm going to go and I'm going to kill everything that you have is going to die. Everything that you have, everything that's valuable to you is going to die. He got angry and he did something. Farmers farm. Let's take some facts too. Bakers bake. Builders build. Christians Christianize. It's not just about you saying that you're following God. It's about putting action in your faith. The Bible in Hebrews says that actions, faith without actions is dead. It doesn't go anywhere. So you can come through these doors and you can sit down and you can raise your hand. Little do we love you. Oh, how we love you. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. But if you leave this place and you don't put actions into your faith and you don't start doing something about the fact that little Mary is about to make a decision that's going to cost her her life. And it's about to make a deal with the world. You're not doing nothing and your faith is dead. Doesn't matter if you're lifting your hands. It doesn't matter. Christians Christianize. And unless you're doing something about something, unless you're doing something about what's happening in the world, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to lose what you have. What do I have? I said, you're going to lose the title of being a Christian. And when God stands in front of you, he's going to ask, why didn't you do anything about it? And he's going to have to speak to him. He's going to have to talk to him. The relevance between the story of Saul and the story of little Mary blows my mind away how Saul came right on time and asked, where is the light so we can save little Mary? Because if nobody saves little Mary tomorrow at this time, everybody's going to lose any type of candle that they have, any type of name that they have, any type of, of, of passion, any type of hope that they, la- that they have. They're going to lose it because they didn't do anything about little Mary. What are you doing? What are you doing? Because faith without actions, it is dead. Y'all hear the, the beginning of my sermon. Don't freak out, don't freak out, servants. I know, I know, five minutes. That was just the beginning of my sermon. Because I think you guys got that. 
Last week I preached and I believe that people went from level one to level two, from level two to level three. And the message that you need today is not to yell at you, just to tell you that you're doing things wrong, even though I want to remind you. The message today is to tell you that you have a mission. And it's time to go. It's time to act and put actions into your faith. The Bible says, listen, listen, listen. You want to know what the biggest action a Christian, of a Christian, the biggest action he can do, the biggest action he should do, his main goal. You want to know what it is? You want to know what it is? Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Because whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. That is the great commission. That is the Christian's action. That is what we're going to go do. Not what you should do, what you're going to do. Because you came to iChurch Young United. And we're going to do something about it. We ain't going to sit still. We're going to do something about it. You want to know why? You want to know why? Listen, because I'm, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. You want to know why? Because every, every great something needs a great somebody to execute it. There's not one thing in this world that is great that didn't have behind it someone great to execute it. You might think he wasn't great. You might think he wasn't good, but that is your opinion on it. Every good thing that happens in life, every great thing that happens in life. Hold on, hold on. Don't start yet. Don't start yet. Every great thing that happens in life has to start with somebody who is great. The Bible doesn't speak about the commission. The Bible speaks about the great commission. And for it to be done properly, what Jesus is looking for is somebody that is upset, is somebody that is sick and tired, and is somebody that is ready to achieve what Jesus called us to do and go out to the world and do something about it. But you know what it takes to be able to achieve the great commission? It takes the great church. It takes an awesome church with awesome people who are ready to go and who are ready to fight. You have walked today into the doors of a great church called iChurch who is going to achieve the great commission. And it's going to go hard and it's going to go tough. Because you know what makes us great? Go, 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 go. You know what makes us great? You know what makes us great? You know what you're going to play, right? You know what makes us great? Young United, you know what makes us great? The fact that he is alive in us. When Jesus is alive in your life, you are not just ordinary, you are extraordinary, and you are great. And what I am telling you is that I'm looking for somebody like Saul that's going to stand up. Youth, youth, listen to me, youth. Let me see if this rings a bell. I'm looking for somebody like Saul that stands up and goes, ah, ah. We're going to do something about it. We're going to do something about it. We're going to go out to the world and we're going to feed the hungry. We're going to go out to the world and we're going to invite them to iTunes. We're going to inspire them, helping them to break bondage. Because that is what we do. And we can do it because Jesus is inside of us. And Jesus is in this church. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? High Church is here to inspire, help people break bondage by inspiring them to come close to God. When you leave this place, you, when you leave this place, give me a shot. When you leave this place, when you leave this place, let's go. High Church, let's go. Listen, 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 listen. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. We ain't playing no more games. God gave you iChurch 
Are you going to be, are you going to be Johnny's mom who's going to keep my church all for yourself? Are you going to hold that back the life? Or are you going to go out there to the world, to your friends, to your sister, to your mom, and tell them you got to come to iChurch because iChurch is helping people, inspiring them to break bondage by helping them close, come to, close to God. Are you going to go? Are you going to wait? Are you going to be great? Because that's the only way you're going to do the Great Commission. But good news, church. Good news. Hey, yo, over there. Good news. Good news. Over here. Good news, bro. Good news. This is your first time here, right? Good news, man. You walked into an awesome church who inspires people. Who inspires people. And we, listen, man, what's your name? What's your name? What's your name? Nick. Nick. My name is Josue. Let me tell you something, bro. We're going to do something about it. I don't know you, you don't know me, but I'm going to let you know that we're going to do something about it. And if you want, you can walk with us, you can roll with us. And we're going to go do something about it out there. We're going to invite people, we're going to help them to break bondage. And this church is going to achieve the Great Commission because it has great people like you and great people like me, though. Don't ever let anybody allow you to do small things. You're going to do big things. You're going to do big things. One of you was singing back here, and I heard you, and you, one of you sings amazing. And you're going to do great things, man. Nick, you're going to do great things, and you're in a great church to do so because we want to inspire people, and we are going to achieve the Great Commission with great people like you, 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 because this is I church, and we know that he is alive in us. Church, come on, put your hands together as we dismiss this service because we get out of here. We join because we're going to do something about it. Who's going to do something about it? Let me hear you. Give a shout of praise. Give a shout of praise. Come on.